Enjoy. Do y'all ever go to Whole Foods? Can can I feel like you guys have an informed opinion about Whole Foods where I don't? I don't. I did you. halfway through that question remember that when Justin and I went there trying to get ibuprofen or aspirin for his <laughs> head, they basically treated us like we were criminals. Yeah. <laughs> like, Why would you be here asking for ibuprofen? We don't carry have that. Have you like, oh, tried turmeric and water? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, turmeric, black pepper, and water? Like, okay, what fucking world do you live in where that's easier to get in the middle of a city than ibuprofen like yeah oh, this, I have a headache. this is supposed to be a grocery store i mean why yeah. would you have ibuprofen didn't even city. occur to me that it would maybe not be there until they were shaming us for asking for it well normally yeah. i do that but i'm not on my all organic farm that i own personally <laughs> and ethically practice and grow my own turmeric so i i'm in a pinch no i, I We're recording. It's it's happening. Here oh, we are, here we another are. day, another dollar. Batman in quarantine, episode fifteen, six hundred and seventy-three. If I'm not mistaken, I am here as always, Jeff Figley, with um, my two favorite people in the world, trying to be an ambassador of the Grant Morrison Batman comic run for all people. Who are you, sexy boys? I'm Justin. And I have to start with my obligatory fuck yeah. <laughs> every time Roman is on here, I have to throw out a fuck yeah. <laughs> oh, well, thanks, buddy. I, I, I like it. I like it. That, that, that keeps me going day to day. Mm. Well, I, uh, I, I love having all three of us here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surrender the reins here. This one's going to Justin. I think there's uh, a lot of interpretation to be, uh, you know, extrapolated here. I don't know that there's many right answers, but I think there's a lot of good interpretations. And I, I loved. We talked very briefly after you finished this one. I, Batman six seventy three. Justin, what the, what the fuck? We ended the last one with Batmite, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, showing up and Batman going into like cardiac arrest. What is this thing that we just read? This issue, Joe Chill in Hell. Okay, first let me just, I have a big old bag of spoiled milk here with me. And oh, get did that spoiled milk out. Spoilers, and, everyone. And we got we to gotta throw some spoiled and also some enthusiasm spoilers. I've mentioned on our other podcast before, and I think maybe on this one, my love and pursuit and weird reverence and seeking out of single issues as vacuums of like what an entire story can be mm-hmm. what one single issue whether it's a standalone issue or whether it, it like batman 666 like what a single issue can do and i think that if you can write one single issue perfectly it can be better like there are some times where one single issue is better than the whole run in my opinion mm-hmm. or like a single issue's ability to tell like kind of an entire continuity in uh, just the art of the single issue is something I've long been obsessed with. And I think that this issue is one of those types of issues where 
there's lots of good individual pieces of this run, but this one helps cohere, distill this run very, very well. And I think it says some things about Batman that authors have said a lot of, lots of really good things about Batman, but this one shows and displays character and distills continuity in a way that I think is just on a really different level. Um, so I just, I love this issue so much because it's like, psychedelic version of batman's history i don't know it's like a chopped in it's like batman chopped and screwed like you get a <laughs> remix of of all these good highlights so in this issue called uh, joe joe chill in hell we are seeing kind of a saga from batman's life that we haven't seen and so we're panning in between batman doing his thogal ritual or thogal ritual of like kind of you know a bardo ritual or in initiating a death and afterlife journey intentionally to kind of exercise himself, which we've seen before. And then it's going through this like memory or this reinterpretation of events, or maybe it's like a, a trauma memory, you know, like people who are traumatized suppress a part of their life and only in therapeutic settings can they remember it correctly. It kind of has that vibe to it. So we're seeing Batman confront his parents as killer in early on in his career after that man has grown up and to be kind of a low-level crime boss. Um, but we're seeing it kind of interwoven with moments of Batman's life, which I love. Um, I love a young Batman. I also love bleeding effects. When you see moments kind of non-linearly displayed through someone's life, it's very uh, Slaughterhouse-Five, that vibe. Mm. Uh, I love that kind of stuff where you, you see life from a different perspective chronologically. Um, and then it, it goes buck wild into some other territory we can certainly talk about when we get there. But yeah, so essentially we're watching Batman. Well, yeah, what do you guys think? Like, is this him reflecting within this ritual on this night? It's like pretty dark for Batman. And it's something that I don't think we'd like to think our Batman doing. Like, I, I think everything that you, I, I agree with everything that you just said. And I think that this is a really fantastic issue for being integral to the plot but also readdressing key elements of Batman's origin in a way that doesn't just tell us Batman's origin. I think that the character of Joe Chill is, ugh, I have, I have conflicting feelings about it. You know, like originally we didn't know who Batman's killer was. And then in Batman 47 in 1948, uh, it was identified that the murderer was named Joe Chill. And then it wasn't until 1989 and the untold legend of Batman that apparently it comes out into the public persona or awareness that Joe Chill is responsible for the creation of Batman. And apparently criminals then come to kill Joe Chill to, because he created Batman, who is you know, what thwarts all of their life. I remember when Scott Snyder started his Batman run at the beginning of the new 52, he said something to the effect of like, well, what I want to do is introduce this line of dialogue that sort of, instead of saying Joe chill killed Batman, Joe chill is just sort of the name of any random criminal, like old, you know, like some Joe chill went and killed my, my parents. And, and I liked that idea because I do think that the sort of faceless, nameless persona of crime being responsible for killing Batman's parents is important for creating a pervasive desire for him to always want to fight crime. But exactly. um, I think that doing it in here, 
there's a couple moments in here that sort of tie the almost psychotic nature of Batman where like, you know, it touches in here that the reason he did the toggle ritual was to try and induce a state of madness that he could relate to the Joker in a way. So it sort of ties Batman's reincarnation with uh, the Joker's reincarnation that Morrison did both of. But it also sort of exemplifies the madness of Batman in that he started this war to get back at Joe Chill, but then Joe Chill kills himself in this and Batman is still mad and, you know, having this one man war on crime. So, you know, complex, complex uh, feelings about the Joe Chill role here. Um, But, but that's one thing to unpack from this issue. Yeah. Historically, like giving the killer of Bruce Wayne's parents, a physical body, that is identified as a single person rather than this ideological thing like crime kind of puts Batman in a cage. Like, well, if it's only one man, how can you wage this war on a kind of an idea of crime? Right. So I liked, you know, a child's mind, not seeing it as a man, but seeing it as crime itself. That's the problem. And Batman waging a war on that idea rather than on one man. My understanding, and this is just my interpretation, is the Thogo ritual was an exorcism. Mm-hmm. And Batman's trying to release his shadow. Like they say that this thing that he has this like deep-seated sense of shame and horror about. Like the thing, not only letting Robin die, but a thing that kind of corrupts his character. In this issue, we're seeing a flashback of Batman as the young Batman confronting his parents' original killer, bringing the gun that killed his parents. And kind of encouraging you know he's torturing joe like he's staying up every night and making joe feel crazy and making joe not be able to sleep and joe's also dealing with all these people who are mad at him for the existence of batman i feel like what's going on and this adds a different lens to the thogol ritual because batman goes out and kind of wants to die like he goes to that tribe of like wandering berber ninjas and they're like okay, we'll, we'll expel this demon, the shadow. And I wonder if what it's talking about is like Batman kind of killed somebody. He's complicit in the death of Joe Chill. You know, he gives him the gun and Joe Chill kills himself right. in this issue. And I feel like maybe the thing that is talked about Batman's big shadow and the thing is not just Robin. It's also this like total moment of contra everything that Batman says he stands right. for, you know? And so seeing this like, kind of remixed history and seeing this like mortal or moral failing of Batman show up, but it's also told in a way that like, do we believe it? Because we have this, you know, what is memory and what is actual chronological event? Um, And just Grant Morrison's like effortless bleeding in between what's reality, what's subjective, what's objective throughout this issue, I thought is so well done. Um, It reminds me of, anyone who has experienced some type of psychedelic experience of like viewing your own life mm-hmm. in, a, in a way that, or it's like uh, in full metal, full metal alchemist when they go through the door of truth and they have just like, you know, too much memory and trying to process that. It reminded me of that. It's like a soul seeing moment where you see, see something from a different lens and seeing Batman from that lens, not only humanizes him, yeah, it humanizes him. It made me feel really sorry for Batman. And yeah. you know, he, he did something fucked up and he's not this perfect paragon of justice. You know Roman, what 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 did you get out of this issue? I I I, I 
oftentimes I, I can kind of feel Justin and I's similar eyes upon a thing as we read it. Um, Cause uh, you know, while being very different, we also have a lot of similar interests and whatnot and come from a, a similar point. So I'm curious, what, what did you think of this or how did you interpret it or what did it mean to you or how did it fit in this overall run? Oh, it, it's so good. Um, though it's interesting. I, 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 I'm leaning more toward the whole thing with Joe chill and all that um, is a, is a hallucination of the past. Mm-hmm. That Batman didn't actually, you know, do these things to Joe chill. Oh, and I do want to go back to, I've always debated about that too, whether having his, the, the killer of his parents identified that way is lessens it or, or is okay. And I kind of finally decided, well, I'm okay with it. Cause Joe chill is such a cool name. <laughs> <laughs> so if anything was going to make it all right, it would be the name. It yeah, sounds it's, like it's, an alleyway gunman. Yeah. As long as they leave Spider-Man alone and just call that guy, the burglar, which they've always done. It's just the burglar. They've never identified him. Mm. Not that I can remember. Yeah. Um, and this, it was so cool because it took me a while. I didn't realize at first that this guy was Joe Chill because I'm I'm curious. Well, how did he rise to? I mean, he's got some kind of power going on here to have this apart this apartment and everything. I'm curious about that. I loved seeing the the old bat gyrocopter oh, with his old Batman it. costume. <laughs> that is, I love the old costume too. Yeah, I love yeah. the old costume. I love that the way that the ears are drawn, kind of bent out, which also is sort of how yeah. Batmite is drawn. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I was a little disappointed they didn't color his Batman's gloves purple because in his very first appearances, his gloves oh, for yeah. some reason were purple. Love yeah. the purple gloves. Which, yeah, maybe was a color misprint back then. I the, like the, the, little... the gyrocopter is it like Morrison brings it back at different times in this run and yeah. I love it. Yeah. There's some really cool um, artistic flourishes here when, uh, when Batman's in the, in the gyrocopter and flying toward Joe chills place that I didn't. Well, last night when I was reading this, um, that first panel when we see Batman coming in against the moon and then the next panel, the, pink face clock behind him in the second panel it goes back 15 minutes <laughs> huh, huh wait Unpaid. i wonder oh uh, i see what you're saying yeah yeah so it says 10 15 and then it goes back to 10 yeah and and, and i don't know what that means i just cool little touches like that and i just noticed that there's a shadowy hooded figure it looks like in the window of that first panel I saw that too, and I was unsure of what that was, or if that was somebody in Joe Chill's, or you know. Yeah, I think it's not Joe Chill's place. I think, well, I can't tell. But yeah, and then that third panel underneath the Joe Chill and Hell title, that third panel, just the angle, it's like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> it's just cool, um, yeah. and it's it's spooky. This whole because this is all apparently happening while while Batman's having a heart attack on the roof still. <laughs> this this hallucinatory flashback there are a couple really cool things that i picked up in this issue one i really love justin what you mentioned that like the shot of the flashback of him in the desert with all like the assassins that you know like we over a year ago in 52 which we covered in episode one of this podcast you know see him going to the desert to do this thing and it's sort of ambiguous what happens all of these people like seemingly kill him but then he's just found they're all right and 
And you know that this line of dialogue that Bruce says here, um, the sort of the, the black well inside of him, you know, what's wrong with his soul. Like that's a conversation that Grant has probably had in his brain that he knows happened there in that desert that hasn't been explored in this run yet. So I liked coming back to that um, shot. Uh, I also, I really liked, and I could be stretching with it here, but the shot um, several pages later when it's the shot of young Bruce and he's dropping the stone down the well and it says 23rd day of Togel, eyes, I I can feel eyes watching me. Um, Mm -hmm. He says uh, that it feels like they're always being watched. And it was about five years, I was about five years old when I realized the first sense that there was a presence of a gaping, toppling void in the center of existence. And to me that feels like a direct reference and seed to like the dark side portion of him sending Bruce back in time to sort of observe and create Batman. So like there's this endless cycle thing and, and the void in the center of existence that things are toppling into, you know, that, that sort of feels like that Omega beam effect that, you know, Batman, you know, like the entropic force of reality caving in on itself is sort of, you know, spoiler is a, a big thing that happens later in this run. So it's fun for me to think that he's seeding that here. Right. Um, but also maybe I'm just reading into it there. No, I think that's no, I, plausible. Yeah, I think, yeah, definitely plausible. So much of this is time. Yeah, like so time. much of this is about time, you know, and uh, we see young Bruce looking at a funeral we know in Batman, I think, issue 702, as he's going back through time due to the Omega Beam, he stops and sees his own funeral. Yeah, and, and that was the other part that sort of strengthened that in my mind. was it, Because of the people there, um, I think that that is his funeral post RIP yeah. slash final crisis. Right. It looks like Clark, Hal, Dick, and Oliver holding yeah. the casket. Yeah, that girl. And then, so all of that kind of para history is explored. Batman's, you know, crazy, maybe leading Joe Kill to kill himself. Batmite talking to him, his childhood. And then we meet Dr. Hurt. Yeah. Who is one of the most important characters in this run. (laughs) Right. And I forgot that Dr. Hurt shows up even now like he has such an integral part even in the entire history of this run you know i forgot about this kind of paramilitary experiment where batman allows himself to succumb to stress and shock to understand the joker yeah i think that togel is like batman just trying to deal with all the fucked up shit that's happened in his life and you know a rebirth um and yeah, so we see Hurt as the guy who in, is operating on Batman and initiating this this thing. And so that character comes to have so much prevalence. And it was such a, like, oh, fuck, he's been here kind of all along. As a physical body, as a human named Dr. Hurt doing stuff, but also as the entity in the mind of Batman. You know, because he's, he's up in those, in those wires playing with stuff. Yeah, he's that isolation experiment. You know, it's the only time somebody has been able to get in and do brain shit to Bruce. You know, he we have every reason to believe that he knows Bruce's identity, and you know, to that end, uh, we're really with this issue and the previous one starting to see this idea of post hypnotic suggestion and subconscious 
you know, planting and some, you know, triggers like in the previous issue, the evil Batman says that, you know, the, tri- the, the si- bat signal in his brain went up at 7:35 the night before we know that the Zurin oh. R stuff is tied to that. And Did he put this false memory in Bruce's head. He, he put false memories in Bruce's head. Yeah. Um, Maybe Bruce didn't do this to Joe Schill at all. Right. And, and yeah, I was thinking about different aspects being planted, but you're right, that one. And then that really means on what Roman was saying about, you know, the, the possible, yeah, the hallucination re- nature of, of Batman talking to Joe. Right. And like what else would really hurt Batman for him to real, reveal himself as a killer? The thing that right. he spent his entire existence to stop he figures out at the, the black hole at the center of everything. It's like, oh, wait, I'm a bad guy. And yeah. uh, I'm crime. And that seems like, you know, someone who has the valuable information that Dr. Hurt has about his mind. Like, that's a real nasty way to do some inception on somebody to break them. And I think it's even, you know, sort of why there's this believable element about how Dr. Hurt could look like Thomas Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, which comes into play later on. But like, if he's in there manipulating Bruce's wires and his brains, it would be easy for him to sort of like make him think that they look the same or register the same. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Dr. Dr. Hurt, um, if I remember right, he's Tommy Elliot, Bruce Wayne's childhood friend. That's hush. Oh, that's, that's hush. hush. I always confuse hush and hurt. Similar names, similar <laughs> times that the stories came out. Yeah. You know? And similar, like, guy from Batman's past who has secrets on Batman. Right. right. And is a doctor. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and knows his identity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Doctors and Batman just don't get along. They've had a long grudges. So there's, yeah, there's a yeah. whole, like... Uh, Dr. Hugo Strange. Mm-hmm. Which I think Dr. Hurt is just, like, a better Hugo Strange, in my opinion. He's I agree. Just, like, more, more fucked up and can get up in them brain brain memories and and mess batman up but the art is fantastic in this issue yeah it is Um, yeah i love how looking back through this again how daniel but just noticing there's two pages when batman is in the past or the hallucinatory past whichever confronting joe chill he's in the black and gray outfit with the slightly curved really super pointy ears but when they show um him and robin as he gets out of the um the isolation chamber experiment. He's definitely the the sixties blue and gray Batman with the short ears and right. the kind of the eyebrows on the mask. Right. I love that aesthetic. And I just really wanna say that this really displays how fantastic a writer that Grant Morrison is, because he's effortlessly weaving kind of a pseudo history, unnerving the reader's understanding of Batman. He's foreshadowing events that are long to come, as well as backcasting plot elements that are in the past that we didn't know were there, all while telling the present story of Batman being tortured while after a heart attack. So he's playing in multiple fields of time and kind of subversing our understanding of the character, all as we're reading a coherent story. He is like Dr. Hurting Our Brains, and I, just, <laughs> I, I love it. Like, I just was fucking floored at his ability to tell like five different stories all at once and without you really noticing that he's like kind of playing with your perception of batman and what this story is it's just like i don't think that there's a writer out there that can do that 
like no. in the caliber that he does. Like there are writers who are very good at yeah. tons of things, but Grant Morrison has this ability. He's got like this polysaliency cannon that he can shoot at you where he'd like a story that he tells you means multiple things at once. And I can't figure out, like, I just, I get angry because he's so good at it. Like, Fuck! <laughs> you are that, playing with my sanity and making me fall in love with you at the same time. Yeah. And, and that's the kind of thing it always makes, it makes me wonder, especially this kind of story, but any Morris and stuff, if like he has like a written story map and outlines and, and like to keep all this, all this, um, straight in his own head or which i hope this is the case he's just such an uber fan and so good that it's all in his head and he's just like oh my god this would be really cool if i do this and oh shit <laughs> and he doesn't have anything both. mapped out on paper <laughs> I, yeah I, I agree with justin i think it's probably both i think that he like i have said before people don't have ideas ideas have people i think that grant morrison is the idea that has grant morrison as the writer <laughs> the idea that writes that writer uh he's like he's both a living story i don't know he just is so i love when an, a writer can do multiple things at once and it takes you a second to catch up to what they're doing to you as the reader who's empathetically engaged and grant morrison is doing that like he he i don't know he's playing multiple instruments at once and and i really love that and i can see why sometimes he gets a little choppy with his transitions because yeah he's telling a story on multiple different levels of topography like what's going on visually as well as temporally what's going on here there and in the future and i uh yeah i think your usage of the term topography is really uh apt and a good a good thing to to bring into this and i totally agree with what you were just saying of of in our conversation here i can kind of feel not to we we probably paint him differently than he is, but I could feel maybe Django's dislike of this because it isn't linear and it isn't easy and it is not telling you. It is it is saying like existence or like a psychedelic drug trip or like being introspective. Like things don't have direct causality and there's not a really easy line from point a to point b with everything and memory is fallible and all of that is very true and present in this and i I can see why some people you know wouldn't like it but i appreciate that the three of us are all like oh yeah that's masterful storytelling yeah right yeah you know like physics in the term of large scale like theory of relativity things are elegant because they're predictable and they're understandable and the depths of how they're understandable is a very elegant system that you can kind of marvel at Mm -hmm. where grant morrison i think is the inverse where quantum physics is unpredictable unknowable highly subjective at one point is a wave a waveform and an electron or a solid state in a flux state at the same time like i think that grant morrison is quantum physics to other masterful storytellers who do very kind of relativity based things we're like oh this plot x plus y equals z and we'll figure out how that works grant morrison is kind of in a superposition where like maybe this is what's going on but also this isn't what's going on at all (laughs) he gets you to that kind of quantum sandbox where (laughs) you know i think that other writers do things and do illusions and play with predictability and in large scale, heavier, denser things. Grant Morrison is like uh, being on acid and going through 
through quicksand at the same time. <laughs> uh, like yeah, he, he, he plays on a level that I don't see played a lot. And I don't think that that's always the best level, but it's a level that get me to a spot where I'm able to just kind of marvel at. And yeah. I, I love that kind of astonishing factor that he has where yeah. there's, there's four different ways to read this. Well, there's a lot more than four different ways and you can just kind of foam at the mouth in any way. Right. You want to read that story. And uh, I've kind of said a similar thing about this run on other episodes, but this is another example of like, he just can do that. He can just make you kind of go <laughs> at, at a thing and not really know yeah, he's he's terrifying in a way. But there's can, a bunch of different ways to get to Zurin R, and let's explore all of them. <laughs> yeah, right. in in a logical, cohesive, almost singular way. You know, let's explore right. a lot of different paths on one path. Yeah, I. Uh, and in you know, I think that Grant Morrison is best at single you know Pax Americana. Mm-hmm. A few things in here. Um, there's an issue in the Invisibles that I particularly there's like. A one-off. You see a sh- soldier killed in one issue. I love like that issue. Five, yeah, issues later, you go back to that guy's life, and it's just like astonishing. And he he knows how to make one issue sit within the context of everything else, um, shine as like a, a a brighter thing. And I don't know. I, I don't. You know, I love plenty of others, writers and artists and creators, but Grant Morrison has a special factor that I can never really explain and I can only explain it when I'm in the moment, like being beaten over the head, <laughs> his style of good, you know? Um, and then, you know, the, so this whole sort of issue is this big psychedelic dream thing. But what we learn at the very <laughs> end is that uh, it all happened in the sort of five minutes between his heart attack and before his, you know, the five minutes that the devil Batman says your brain can function before the blood stops and you go brain dead. This all, takes place while that bat devil has Bruce chained up to a chair and uh, just brought him back to life from the near dead. Just to torture him, which is like so fucked up. Yeah. Like uh, I shot you, you had a heart attack and now I'm going to, I'm going to bring you back to save your life. So you can be chained here and be tortured by me. That's some heavy stuff. I can't wait to get into the next issue tomorrow with you guys. Yeah, it's such a cliffhanger too, because Double Batman's got this, got this drill. Oh, what's he gonna do with that drill? <laughs> Bat trepanning. Oh, he's gonna fix fix the sink behind him. It, oh this yeah, that's all it very is. Sin- very sinister. But he's actually explaining Batman like, don't worry, I actually know how to plumb pretty well. Here's basic all I need plumbing. is a drill. Yeah, all I need is a drill to fix this terrifying <laughs> bathroom that you're in. Um, don't worry, Batman, I got you. Do you think that Django would like this better if there was a Mobius strip in it? Oh, yeah, I think that would sell them on it for sure. (laughs) Um, Well, everybody, thank you for joining us for episode 15, Batman 673. This one, I I love it. Justin, thank you for leading the discussion on that. It is just... Thanks for letting me throw up on on Mike here. (laughs) And uh, it is an otherworldly otherworldly issue, and I can't wait to unpack more of it with you guys tomorrow. Um, Before we get out of here... Uh, thank you everyone for listening thank you to Dan Panosian for the art on our uh, podcast image that looks beautiful Dan you're a great artist um, it looks so good yeah and then Django did the graphic design on putting it all together and it looks fantastic no, if you were able job, to yeah. leave a review or even just a star rating on your podcast app that would help us a lot 
tell your friends about how great Batman and quarantine is, or just how good, or if you like this run a lot and you feel like you're alone in the world, uh, thank you for finding us. So we're not alone in the world and, you know, tell somebody else how, how good this run is by making them read and listen to it. So, um, thank you. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Justin. (laughs) Thank you, Jeff. Oh, I'm so glad we're doing this. I'm, I'm loving rereading this. I'm loving talking about it with you guys you know, Roman, you were the first person that like patiently listened to me throw up about uh, Grant Morrison back in the day. And Jeff was the <laughs> first person to be like, fuck yeah, me too. So um, it feels kind of cosmically, quantumly right to be talking about these books with you guys. 100%. Yeah, yeah it does. Two issues away, two more issues, and then we start Batman R.I.P. So <laughs> this next issue, again, does a moment that I think is one of the best examples of, like, foreshadowing in superhero comics. Oh, can't wait. Can't wait. Um, All right, I love you guys. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, have a good one, guys. (laughs) 